From Bureaucracy's Basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau, 2022 edition. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau meets to file recommendations, make reports, and survive on water that drips from the boiler pipes in the back room as we sleep on a bed of dot matrix printer paper. One day, maybe we'll escape from the subterranean hell that is this sub-basement, but until that day comes, this city is not going to improve itself. So, here we stay. Improving things. This meeting is now in session. Hello. Oh, what? Hello? Yes. Happy 22. What? Oh, that thing. Yeah. Happy that. Happy that thing. Yep. 2022. What's up with 2022? Said the stand-up comedian to to Paul. I don't know. What is up with 2022? Says the audience back at him. We're we're a sedate crowd. We haven't started drinking, so we're not heckling yet. Oh, we have not started drinking yet, indeed. Um, okay, what's up with 2020? Well, I won't say that 2022 is already long, but I, I just I just flew in from 2021 and my arms are tired. I don't really know. I have no jokes for that. Should we take attendance? Please, let's we take attendance. Let's do, okay. let's do that. Oh, thank, thank the flying spaghetti monster. All right. Uh, first attendee, Sean Peedle. Nope. Sean Peedle. No, no, Sean Peedle. Sean Peedle. No, Sean Peedle. You don't know Sean Peedle? Keep Never met the man. Huge on YouTube. YouTube influencer and self-proclaimed ruler of um, Cyber Nation, Peedlestan, and the Sean Navy. Commander-in-chief of the Sean Navy. Uh, recently came under fire for uh, staging his biggest prank ever, which was taking over Austria and instituting a totalitarian cyber government. Um, with his own currency, uh, John Bucks, and people um, were forced to dress in pedal gear or face execution and uh, went too far, and a lot of people actually were executed. Uh, so that, that, that happened. Also, he buried several towns under, under an avalanche um, during a concert in the Alps. Uh, so his only defense was that he didn't realize that Austria was a real place, and he thought he was like... Uh, uh, playing like an augmented reality game. Uh, that's that's unfortunate for Austria. It is, and also for for uh, Sean Peedle, who uh, was uh, demonetized by YouTube, uh, but not not jailed because they figured that demonetizing him was the real punishment. So anyway, that's probably why he's not here. Yeah, yeah, that could be it. Yeah. Um. Actually, you know what? I think I mixed up the letters in his name. Stummy. Um. Should be Paul Deschen. That's me. All right. Okay. Um, So you're here. Uh, Second attendee is Diana Gramno. Nope. Famous folk singer Diana Gramno. I think I would know if Diana Gramno was here. Well, I would be squeeing all over the place. Well, there's a reason that a lot of people haven't heard of her, because as you may recall, back in the late 60s, she uh, filled in on a Stones concert for Mick Jagger and did such a good job that the Rolling Stones actually had Jagger assassinated and installed Diana Gramno permanently. Yep. So, yep. So, no, so, I know. So, I know all about that. So I'm a Gramno head. You're Gramno. Yeah. I mean, who is it? Yeah. I mean, lots of people think they're Jagger stands. They're Gramno heads. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so she's on tour right now. Yeah. Oh, wait. You know what? I'm sorry. This is a little embarrassing. Um, I think I've mixed up the letters in Gramno's name. So let me, Aiden Morgan. That's you. Wow. Okay. That's me. Okay. I'm here. 
Oh, we also have um, Brock Chasseur, uh, ambassador of Ukanistan. Uh, U- can- I can't. I don't know where. No, I don't think so. See, I think I think a- you're making that up. What about uh, Jacques Brasseur of Yellowknife? That's that's me. Oh, okay. Hey. You're here too. Why well, I am not, here? Not just a guest, but seemingly a co-host for this for this episode. Uh. I can't believe that I have been awarded a promotion from guest to co-host. This is true. You will be paid in uh, Cheetle Bucks. Cheetle Bucks. Yeah. Cheetle Bucks? Cheetle Bucks. Oh, I I was hoping for Cheetos Bucks. Well, I mean, you can't can't exchange Cheetle Bucks for Cheetos. Perfect. Okay, cool. Perfect. Good then. Did you know... That you can actually do that. I don't know Cheetle Bucks exactly, but um, cryptocurrency is accepted at the Brandies in Cathedral. What? Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. So you can buy your you can buy your Cheetos and your bongs. They also sell bongs at I mean, the Brandies in Cathedral. I don't really understand cryptocurrency like at all. So it won't help me. I'll just use normal money. Okay. I think they take that as well. Well, then I'll, I'm okay. <laughs> right soon the only way to get a bong will be with cheetah bucks <laughs> you will have to like just chew your marijuana raw without, yeah without 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 your beetle bucks or cheetah bucks or cheetos yes yeah. or or tweedle beetles <laughs> hey jack yeah what's going on in the northwest territories oh my god what's not going on in the northwest territories there's That's a million good. things <laughs> a lot's not going on in the yeah let's let's be real that's true not a lot okay there is a lot to update everybody about uh so first off i've talked about this mla right who caused an outbreak right he like and there was the government the north of territories government spent like almost a million dollars on this like hearing and this like there was a judge there were lawyers all these things his he ended up getting uh thrown out right getting removed from his spot. They announced the by-election. Guess who said he's going to run again in the by-election? Yes. Cheadle? No. (laughs) The guy, Steve Norn, the MLA who got kicked out, he's the only MLA to ever get kicked out of the legislature in the Northwest Territories, is running again in the by-election that he caused. Wild. Wow. That's That's the first big thing. And what's wild, yeah, listen, talk to me in like a month because I bet you he's going to win. That's going to be funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second thing in news of like people, elected officials in the Northwest Territories doing ridiculous things, this like leftist MLA who is known in community in Yellowknife as like being, you know, like one of the most like level-headed, just like leftists. He, in this article where he was interviewed about rent increases because Yellowknife saw uh, people are talking about like these rent increases of like 15, 16%. In this article, I'm going to put up, he says this quote, and I tweeted this if people saw it on my Twitter. This is a quote from him. Rent should increase every year. It's really when you get into the 10 or 15% increase realm that it's really egregious. What? Rent shouldn't increase every year? What? What just anyways, it's such a wild statement for him to make, um, especially when he's like thought of as this like really big neoliberal. Like he's just like he's like leftist. He's progressive. Like he gets it. Anyways, I'm really mad at him. I hope he doesn't hear this because 
that'd be awkward. Because the last time I saw him, I was like drunk at this party. And I was like, you're like a good MLA. Good job, man. And now I take it back. Oh, man, that's harsh. So that's what's happening in territorial news. So in is, he, is he now a landlord? Is that what's going on? I don't think so. Like, I don't think he's a landlord. I hope he's okay. not. Um, I guess what have sold my condo. So I am a landlord in recovery right now. Congratulations. Ooh. Yeah. So you're no longer, really you've left the gentry. <laughs> right. you're, you're no longer part of the rentier class squeezing profits from the exactly. Person. Yep. Exactly. So I'm really looking forward to that when I am no longer unethical just of my existence. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so that's a uh, little, little updates about the NWT. If anybody was wondering. That's awesome. Cause we have, we've needed an update, but you are coming back to the land of the living skies. I am. I am hoping I was supposed to come back last week, but my girlfriend is one of the many with COVID. So, um, so she, uh, I've asked her if she has tested neg- Like I texted her today and I was like, have, are you testing? Have you tested negative yet? Because I'm coming home this week. And she was like, I don't know. I'm probably fine. Like, I feel okay. And I was like, do you think though, that maybe you could test, get tested? And then uh, I could figure out if I am going to end up sleeping at our house when I get home or if I'm going to have to stay to friends until she's better. But so, uh, yeah. Well, she's in good company or at least big company. <laughs> yeah. Just, with I'm just picturing this kind of thing happening, like, you know, during the bubonic plague, like, how much, how much plague do you have? Well, not much. Just have a few buboes under the armpits. Come on. Right. <laughs> Can you count the boobles? Yes. <laughs> three, three boobos. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I'm excited to come home. Yeah. Well, you've got a big thing coming up. You've got this Imagining a Progressive Future event that you're organizing. And uh, we, we want to know, what is this? Why are you yeah. imagining that? Um, because I cannot, frankly, imagine a progressive right. future right, right. now. Well, so somebody uh, asked me. <laughs> yeah, well, this project, I'm really excited about it. I was actually really honored. Uh, Councillor LeBlanc approached me um, last year, actually, to see if I would be interested in coordinating some events for him uh, because he was wanting to really engage with like leftists and progressives in Regina about some stuff he wanted to do. Um, and uh, I think it was a really good choice on his part to hire someone who wasn't a politician to organize events because, um, and I've honestly, been uh, I've had a blast working with him because often he's like well this is sort of what I'm thinking and I'm like okay so what but then it sounds like you just want to put a bunch of people in the room to like agree with you and he's like no I don't want that actually can you like so we've organized uh, a couple of discussions uh, with like some folks who are like experts in different things in Regina um, and then encouraging people to come and think more critically about like progressive issues. So the first, the first one we did, uh, we had one in October or no, in November um, and back before uh, Omicron was destroying all of us. Uh, we held it in person thanks to support from the YWCA Um we hosted that discussion uh, about slum housing and like what to do about slum housing in Regina. And a lot of really great stuff came out of that. A lot of really, really great ideas about what, um, how we can respond to slum housing. Like what are some actions that our community um, can actually do? um, can like implement to, to challenge 
uh, to challenge slum housing. And so a couple things that came out of that were, you know, um, like, you know, like bylaws to protect tenants or rent controls or tenants rights organizations. Um, but also, uh, things like, you know, um, changes to like the welfare system to put more onus on landlords instead of the people who are receiving benefits, because for instance, one of the, one of the pieces of, one of the things that came out of this conversation was people talking about how, uh, for people who are living in slum housing, they who are on welfare or who are collecting benefits to help pay for their rent. If, if, if the government decides that their housing is inadequate, they lose, they lose the money to pay their rent when like, like that's outrageous. Like, should you not go to the landlord and be like, you need to fix this house? Um, that's just outrageous. So there's, you know, a couple things like that that are really, really cool. People also talked about like, you know, a bad landlord database or, you know, challenging like the rental market monopolies um, in Regina. Anyway, so that conversation was really great. A lot of really good stuff came out of it. And then um, we have one on, we have one this weekend um, all about what, like really imagining like a truly harm reductive city um so getting people to think more critically about just like it's not only like safe injection sites like there are so many parts uh of harm reduction that we could incorporate into um our municipal our municipal communities and neighborhoods um and then the third talk is going to be in march all about um like what does a truly supportive city for like lgbtq people look like um sort of reflecting back on like you know the city of regina banned conversion therapy as a business practice in the city um but like what's next like what because that doesn't end all like homophobia like homophobia is not gone now um and so yeah if people are interested um in participating and showing up um to those talks uh on saturday we have one on saturday from two to four on zoom um and uh, what's the date on that just it's on Saturday, Ju- uh, January 15th. Thanks. Yep. Uh, at From two to four. And you can sign up at ivydean.ca slash LeBlanc uh, or ivydean.ca slash Stevens because Andrew Stevens, uh, another wonderful leftist counselor, uh, is uh, also co- uh, collaborating on the event with Dan. So yeah, very exciting. A lot of really cool discussions are going to come out of that. And the folks who will be speaking during that event on Saturday is Mel Burden, who's a harm reduction, harm reduction activist in the city. Uh, Mel Burden and uh, Alejandra uh, works over at the community support program as well. So that new pilot program um, that's, that was that started last year. Um, and then Michael Parker from uh, the Friendship Center. Right. Uh and uh, and finally, uh, Sarah Kuzisko, the pharmacist, who just won that great CTV award. Uh, she'll yeah. also be speaking. So a lot of really cool folks uh, who are going to uh, get us thinking more critically about harm reduction in the city. That's, that's awesome. Cool. That's that's really good that that's happening. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Good on you for doing that. Good on good on Councillor LeBlanc for spearheading something like this. It's nice to see councillors uh, organizing uh, events like this and discussions like this instead of, I don't know, the usual, what do they do? Play golf? I don't know. <laughs> Normally. Uh, I, 
I, I don't know what they do. China Shaw? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I think they... club with... <sighs> hey, last council meeting of the year. I don't know if you guys saw this. Just Councillor LeBlanc, uh, Councillor Shaw. Um, there was this uh, interesting moment when they were passing the uh, utility budget where the administration said, um, you know, we need to like have these, we always have to have utility increases because if you go to zero, we've done this before years down the road, you have to have like nine and 14% utility increases to make up for what you've lost in those years. So Councillor Shaw came out and said, you know, I would rather have every year a 3% increase. So I don't get 9% down the line. I can plan for that. Councillor LeBlanc's his only statement on the subject was, I'm going to say something I never thought I was going to say. I completely agree with Councillor Shaw. <laughs> it was it was a great lighthearted moment in an otherwise slog of a meeting. Nice. I'm glad the councillors are coming together. Yes. So. So my my question is so Paul, we were talking about imagining a progressive future. Mm-hmm. What do you imagine for a progressive future? Like, what are the main things that come to your mind in a progressive future? Yes. Hmm. Well, if I had to imagine that on the Queen City Improvement Bureau yeah, on, 91, on 91.3 FM CJTR tuned into the community, um, I think mainly it'd be a lot of butterfly gardens, mm-hmm. a lot of butterfly gardens. You know, every every vacant lot becomes a butterfly garden, a lot of potlucks um, and uh, guitar playing on street corners. And so, uh, so basically, like your progressive future is like an old Spirit of the West song, is, is yeah. what I'm getting. Okay. Yep. Yep. Cool. Uh, everybody would be a busker instead of the, the hellscape that we live in now, where everybody is either like a social media influencer or some kind of uh, wage slave or, um, uh, you know, a consultant. Uh, everybody would be a busker in my progressive future. Hmm. Nice. It would. The, the, the skies would be full of the scent of patchouli. Delightful. Yeah. How about you, Aiden? What would you? What What's in your progressive future? Well, I would revamp transit um, because I think that cars are are an issue. Um, uh, so, a couple of things. One possibility is that everybody could ride the blockchain to work. That's good. So, so everybody, so nobody could ever like go to, go to the wrong place because the blockchain always knows where you're supposed to go. You get a cryptographic hash of of your ride, right. and then you could make an NFT of 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 your ride to work and and uh, make money off that. I mean, right. the one problem is that a single ride would have the same energy consumption as Argentina over the course of a month. Yeah, that'd but, be a problem. But you know, it's the future. Yeah, but, but you know, you could just you could just pay carbon offsets with your with your with your dogecoin exactly now the the other the other thing i was thinking and i've i've suggested this before um for people commuting to work instead of cars use uh trebuchets yeah so they can like catapult you know just, they can describe a parabola uh on their way to the to their office right so you would never like you wouldn't like hit the ground. It would be a parabola. So you wouldn't hit the ground really hard. You would just forever be approaching zero. Well, that'd be like a logarithmic approach. Um, but yeah. I'm thinking you would actually get there. But it would be like you know, like a, on a cloth. 
like a trampoline. Okay. Well, maybe not like maybe not like a trampoline, but you know what I mean. Right. And, right. Uh, the the only problem with that is that because they're so good for siege warfare that eventually people's trebuchets would probably be drafted into like you know the siege army. Right. Eventually. Eventually. Everything so, would wind up in the siege army. But but what I find what I find interesting. Uh, what I find interesting about that, Aiden, though, is that everybody has to own their own trebuchet. So the trebuchet would not be like city. There would not be city infrastructure. Um, well, the trebuchets. It, do, it doesn't really scale. So, yeah, private trebuchet ownership would have to be the way they could be subsidized. And it wouldn't use a lot of energy because, I mean, it just relies on like mechanical tension to get you where you need. Right, to go. right. But here's here's another idea, though, is that we could do like an adopt the trebuchet program where citizens could adopt a trebuchet in their area. Mm -hmm. uh, Okay. And pay for it so that that way everybody has access to a trebuchet to get themselves to work. Would you you get to name your trebuchet? Exactly. Yes, yeah. you would get to name your trebuchet. Yeah. Would, would, would you? But name it would yours? have to be named after oil. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I thought you could name yours the Jackabolt. <laughs> that would be really cute, though. Uh, unfortunately, I wouldn't be able to do that because the oil and gas industry uh, would feel alienated. That's true, and we can't have that. Yeah, I would. I would, yeah. for example, have like the Keystone trebuchet, and that would be. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I I just worry that with commonly with like communally owned trebuchets of any kind, you run into the tragedy of the commons where somebody begins to like, you know, monopolize the the trebuchet for their own, you know, for their own purposes and begins to like sell trebuchet rides on the side. Right. Right. Like my cables are all tangled. That's that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Um well, if we're on the subject of naming things, we should mention that one of the first things that's coming to city council is the sponsorship policy, which I think is I think is tradition now that we have to talk about the sponsorship policy every January in Regina. Because last year it came up and we got the big sponsorship scandal uh, where they attempted to like ban oil and gas companies from uh, sponsoring things in the city. And so this year, who knows what they're going to, what they're going to do with it. Okay. If you, if you got to pick what industry we ban next, uh, what, what, what industry would it be? Mall pet stores. Oh my God. That was mine. Like pet grooming stores. That was actually my, my idea. (laughs) Oh no. Weird. (laughs) Was it actually, or is this a bit? No, no, no. That was actually what I was just about to say. <laughs> the first thing that came to my mind was pet grooming places. Oh, I'm sorry. That was really, that was, that was a real surprise. How about you, Jack? Who would you ban if not? What industry would I ban? Yeah. Yep. Um, maybe like, um, oh gosh, I don't know. Maybe like, no, I can't think of anything funny. And I also can't think of anything uh, genuine of like in, in like off the top of my head, which feels weird because I asked the question, but I was more interested in the hilarity that would ensue from 
Paul and Aiden. And then instead, you guys just agreed together that pet grooming uh, companies should not be allowed to sponsor anything in the city. I I worry now that like all my spontaneous reactions will now be interpreted as a bit. Like I'm gonna I could collapse over dead and and Jack would be like, "You doing a bit? You doing a bit?" And, you know, <laughs> you know as I slowly molder, like I's doing that decomposing bit. Hilarious yeah. yeah, hilarious decomposition. <laughs> uh, so with the uh, sponsorship policy, I was reading it, and this is just basically the annual update that they're going to be doing, and they're just basically saying. Uh, we've sold one name so far. This is like their first their first trial balloon, and it's a it's a playground, an accessible playground in the city. Uh, was uh, funded through money from the Canadian Tires Jumpstart program, and so they're going to name it the Jumpstart Playground, uh, which I think is actually strangely like it's fine for a playground to be named Jumpstart. It's better than the Canadian Tire Swing or something like that. Um, but I was kind of annoyed. Like it, here, it's happening. Like everything now is going to be named ever as this mosaic that, and I don't like that. I think we need to, as a bureau, we need to wrest control of naming city facilities from this sponsorship policy. I don't think we can let this stand. And uh, you know how people like with Mosaic Stadium, uh, the old one, people would still call it Taylor Field, even though it had been renamed Mosaic Stadium. Uh, I guess it was the field itself was called Taylor Field, but the stadium was Mosaic Stadium. I don't know how it worked. And there are even people now who call the new Mosaic Stadium Taylor Field. I think we need to get that kind of energy for everything where we come up with good names based mm-hmm. in the community for stuff that's going to be named after, you know, like Pet Stop. Right. So I, I propose we actually uh, get people like, for example, the South End uh, Leisure Center. We could call it the Toby Leisure Center and have everybody named Toby pitch in. Oh, this doesn't is have good. to be Toby. I mean, it could be any name, but yeah, because you know, there would, wouldn't would be a ring. You wouldn't Toby. get enough money for a community center out of all the Tobys in the city. Maybe not. But, you know, you never know. There might be a hidden wellspring of, of Tobys. Well, yeah, possibly wealthy Tobys. I, I think there's only like, like, what would be the biggest name in Regina? Um, probably just your, you know, you're like, you're like Sarah, like Sarah or Paul or Brian, like those kinds of boring names, John. Okay. Well, and that was, um, that was, that was, we're, we're running out of time in the half. And that was actually my innovative revenue tool is that we would, uh, and it was actually a negative revenue tool because I want to take away (laughs) the city's Take away money. Take away their ability to make money off the names of things. You know what we... You know what we could do instead, though, is that for every space, like it could be a lottery, right? Like for every building that the city wanted to sell, you could buy a ticket to name it whatever you wanted to name it. And then because this is how raffles make money, right? And then they'd end up making more. And then some guy named Toby would win and he'd be like the Toby Stadium. Yeah. And he and he. It would only cost him ten bucks, but but you know forty thousand people spent ten bucks to try to win the raffle. We could definitely end up in a Bodie McBoatface situation with that, and I would be all for that. It, yeah, is that is that that's to me is better than uh, oil McOil Town. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I think. Yep. 
I think that's a great idea. I'm 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 behind, I'm 100 behind that. Selling tickets to name stuff in the city. Perfect. Yeah. On that note, we'll write that up and we'll send it upstairs. And I'm sure they're going to accept this idea because they love our ideas upstairs. They've implemented zero uh, percent of them so far, but they love them. The Queen City Improvement Bureau would like to acknowledge the Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District for their support of our show. The Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District. Improving the district where there are warehouses in Regina. We're back from Innovative Revenue Tools. Well, those were some good tools. Yeah. Uh, Jack, mm-hmm. you were you were talking about like harm reduction and then we... And a progressive future. That got me thinking about something that happened earlier in uh, 2022 already. And that was a January 5th um, public consultation meeting that the city put on about a rapid housing project that's being put together in Regina. So the federal government has a crap ton of money that they have set aside to uh, try and deal, like start dealing with the housing crisis in Canada by getting cities to build housing. And wisely, I think they have put strings, big honking strings on this money. So cities don't just get the money to do what they want with it. Uh, the city of Virginia, I think they're getting seven and something million and we have to build uh, housing. It has to be ready to go by 2023. And I think it has to have like X percent of the people who live there have to be women. Uh, it has to be like, like it's affordable housing for people who, uh, for, for people who can't afford housing in the current market. So uh, they have bought an old church in the 200 block of Broad Street, the city has, uh, with some of that money. And they're going to refurbish it as 29 units of affordable housing. So it'll be subsidized housing for the people who live there. It'll be run by Ritzis and Silver Sage Housing. I think this is great. I mean, we have a bigger housing crisis than 29 units will solve, but this is 29 more units of this kind of housing than we've had in a long time. Yeah, and that aren't like owned by like developers. Uh, right. Yeah, Wh- right. where like they can be like, oh yeah, it's like affordable housing, but it's only like 10% of the units are affordable and then the rest are very expensive. Yeah. yeah. So do you want to, that is guess, really exciting. Yeah. Do you want to guess how, how much the neighboring community loves this? So much. I, I bet that they are so excited. Like they are just like hosting like rallies and support. And they're just like clapping outside for all of the people who are going to finally have a safe place to live. Ugh, I can't even imagine how excited they are. Yeah, they aren't. I'm sure there's a couple, but uh, apparently the uh, the meeting didn't go great. Uh, it yeah, sounds surprising like it, nobody. Yeah. What, it, what if, but what if they proposed having the development, but crucially, not in any of these people's backyards? Oh, that's great. Because you see, the people who showed up at this meeting, they love the idea of housing. They just don't like it in this location. Right. Because it's probably right in their backyard, is my yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it was it's such a such an insightful and novel critique of a housing development that uh, you know we need housing. We just don't need it anywhere there. that anybody else lives. Wow, yeah. I've yeah. I've never I've yeah. never encountered this before. 
I find it really ironic that people are like, uh, no, that should stay at church. Uh, and like, I'm just like, if you were, if you were just like, okay with the church being there, I just feel like you gotta, you gotta support like helping people and like, you'd think, right. That like the people who were hanging out at that church were like, great housing for people. That sounds awesome. Uh, I don't know. I'm just like so tired of people freaking out about people living in their communities who aren't rich. Like, gosh, get over it. Um, all like what I know about my community that I live in and my neighborhood is that like the more people who live there who have like experienced who have had difficult experiences, the more likely that they are to like want to support their neighbors and help keep their community safe. And I just feel like if you have all those people living in like that is 29 new neighbors that you get to know and that you get to build relationships with and who, you know, whose kids get to play with your kids. Like there's just, there's so much uh, joy that could come out of that. And I think that people, I don't know. I'm just like, how are 29 new friends bad? Like, how is that bad? I don't know. It's just really sad. Well, I mean, it's like it, racism is what it is. But. Uh, it's a confluence of isms all coming together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Because this is being spearheaded by Silver Sage, or not because, but Silver Sage and Ritsis are, um, are spearheading this. Well, they're like the leads on it. This housing will be for Indigenous people, primarily. Uh, it was noted let's just say, by Councillor Stadnichuk, who attended this online meeting, that uh, there was perhaps some racism at play in the opposition to this, and that if it had been, uh, I don't know, condos that were going up, that there wouldn't be the same level of uh, opposition. And we get to, we're going to get to see this, right? Because this land transfer, while the city has bought the land, they were city administration was uh, the power was delegated to them to seek out a site, choose the site, buy the site because we because of the way that rapid housing works, we don't have time to dick around with the usual um, process that we would have for something like this. But the land transfer does have to be approved by city council, and that means we get to go through. Another one of these total disasters of a council meeting. Uh, apparently, uh, this is happening in uh, MP Andrew Shears Ward, uh, sorry, riding. And uh, he was one of the skeptical voices on uh, this call who was outraged that this is happening. So I don't know if he's actually going to be uh, slumming at Regina City Council to express his displeasure. But um it, yeah, there's there's a lot of anger about this, and we're gonna get to we're gonna get to see that. That's coming up at the end of the month. He should uh, he should spend his time like doing things like getting a license to sell insurance. You know, maybe that would distract him. Maybe that's what the problem. He was hoping that he could you know put up his insurance sales shingle on that building, and uh, right. now that now that that retail opportunity is gone. That, right? that vital revenue stream that is is a is great accomplishment. Yeah, up in smoke. So hopefully, hopefully people will rise to the occasion. The I think the Leader Post wrote a really good story on this, but uh, hopefully that will have highlighted for people how foolish and awful they looked 
uh, for opposing this development. And perhaps some of the community members who do support it will come out and support and show their support for once. Because often that's what happens is that people see something that they like and they're told it's going to happen. So they don't go to council to support it because they're like, why do I go to council if something good is happening? Because you don't need me because you've already made a good decision. And this is one of those situations where, uh, and I've seen it happen where council has reversed their course on, on good stuff because not enough good people came out to voice their support. So hopefully this time. I just feel like, I don't know. I mean, I, I think like NIMBYs come out every time that this happens. And what's really strange is like, is it's almost this like weird meta thing where I've heard people be like, complain about NIMBYs in another part of town. But then as soon as it comes to their, like, they're just like, how did you hear that those people like oppose that housing structure in that neighborhood? And then a year later, when there's a housing structure in their neighborhood, they're like, but no, but not. And so it's just like, it's this weird, like neoliberal, like, sorry, I'm not allowed to swear. You guys always get mad at me when I swear too much. CJ Tier doesn't like that. It's this like, it's this like neoliberal uh, silliness where people are just like, they complain about people who aren't progressive enough, but then do the same thing when it's like about them. But they're like, no, but I'm not like them. I'm not like those other NIMBYs. I'm just like, it's just different. It's different. And it's like, it's not different. And so I feel like there's always, it's just going to keep repeating itself forever. And uh, it's just really devastating. And I, I, I can only imagine, I remember what it felt like for me as like a queer person to like listen to city council, like debate queer people when like the conversion therapy debate was happening. And I couldn't imagine being a person who had to listen to that, like who, who experiences barriers to housing, who experiences like housing discrimination because of race or class or whatever it is, or disability. And then to have to listen to people argue about why you shouldn't be a part of their neighborhood. And that is just like violent. And it is not the way that Regina should be like supporting people who live here. Uh, and it just, I don't know. It just makes me so mad. And I really wish that people weren't so terrible, but so everybody should go out to city council and talk about the importance and the excitement that comes with getting 29 new neighbors who maybe have a different experience than you that you can learn from. It's, it's crazy how it's so consistently the same thing every time mm-hmm. the arguments are always the same. Uh, and it's about, uh, like, assisted living, uh, social housing, halfway houses, and then just bog standard rental. Like just a rental building is going up in your neighborhood and the, the local residents will come out to say, well, if they just rent, they're going to, it's going to be ugly and they're, they don't care about our community. They don't care. Yeah. Yes. And I just once, I would love it if people said exactly what you were saying, uh, Jack, you know, to welcome these people into their community and how different it would be like now these people who are moving into the, who are going to be moving into this facility next year are going to know they'll have read the coverage. They well, they may have, they'll know that they're moving into a neighborhood that where the people don't really want them. And like, why do they have to go through that when they're getting housed? Yeah. 
And it, it can't it can't make their lives better to know that they're being looked at askance by their neighbors just because of you yeah know, that their neighbors like don't want them there. Yeah, uh, the closest yeah. we got was with the uh, Camp Hope uh, uh, shelter. It, it moved into the warehouse district, and the mm-hmm. neighboring businesses, the ones that were in the media, anyways, uh, said, "You know, we support this. We know that it has to go somewhere, and it's here." Uh, and then they reached out to the city and said, look, if this is going to be here, these people need more help. You can't just put them in this building and walk away. You still have a responsibility to these people. So, uh, and they, uh, that, that was the first time I think that this happened where, uh, the neighbors came out and said, uh, we don't oppose this and we want to see it better care. We, we want these people better cared for. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think that that is just such a, that's such a better mindset to have. And so like if folks in this 200 block who are like worried about this, if they were coming to council and being like, Hey, I'm really excited to see all these new people come into my neighborhood, but we need to make sure that there's like adequate supports and like, and we need to ensure that there's like better transit to these neighbors, to this neighborhood. And like all of these pieces, um, just like how much, I don't know. I like if I was moving into a neighborhood and I knew everybody didn't want me there. Yeah, I'd be fucking like I'd be messing up their stuff too. I don't know. <laughs> of course, those people like yeah. Why why are you gonna like be nice and respectful to these neighbors who like two months ago were just like talking to the leader post about how terrible you were? Like I'd be yep. like yeah, they, they suck. I don't well, know. That's how I'd feel about it. I know that for years I rented. You know like many people, and I didn't care about my neighborhood at all. And then I bought a place, and suddenly I cared about keeping renters out of my neighborhood. Anyway. <laughs> How's that been going? Well, I th- they're not in my backyard. <laughs> because I live in a condo. We don't have a backyard. So, you know. Yeah. yeah. What I find place. really interesting, even though, about that argument about, like, well, renters don't care, is, like, renters care landlords don't care like if you own a property like what so when people complain about these big rental properties being built why aren't they complaining about these landlords who are going to leave their properties terrible uh mm-hmm. like it's not the renter's fault no renter wants to live in like an ugly home or in a you know oh my gosh it just makes me so mad all of it we like Regina has like housing that they own through the Regina housing authority. And if, if you live in a neighborhood where there's a Regina housing complex and there's a problem at that complex, uh, you can call Regina housing and they'll fix it. You know, if there's like garbage piling up in the yard, they'll come clean it up. Good luck doing that with whatever freaking you know, good upstanding Regina family owns that derelict house on your street that, <laughs> It's kind of it's kind of mad that we don't have more. Uh, I don't know. Regina should just own more housing. Like the Regina Authority should be a bigger thing. I think Man. that if you, I, I I sort of feel like if you are like a NIMBY, that there should be a rule that like you get kicked out of your house. <laughs> um, <laughs> like forever. Where if you're or like just... you're like no, like like it's like not in my backyard. It's like great, move your backyard. Right. Like, if you don't like it, go somewhere else. That's what I'd do if I was mayor. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people <laughs> who are very glad you're not mayor. 
and probably for more reasons than just that one thing I said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but also probably, I don't know, there'd be a lot more hot dog restaurants in Regina if oh. I was mayor. That is something we totally need too. I agree. We we've had we've had this conversation before, but it still stands. Yeah. Um yeah. before we make another like extra long episode of the Queen City Improvement Bureau by talking about hot dogs. <laughs> we are on 91.3 FM, CJTR, tuned into the community. And the next item on the agenda is the intensification study. Oh, it gets really intense. It does. And I was going to share my screen here. There is a consultation going on right now in the city on Be Heard Regina. And uh, you just look for the words intensification and mash that link because you get to do a quiz. Right? Well, not a quiz. It's a survey. Where's but you do think it's a quiz. I feel like it's kind of quiz-like. Yeah. Okay. So. Like, loving this. Okay. Question number one on the quiz is actually what is your postal code? Okay, um, so that but, is there a right answer there, or I think it's just a not skill, the two hundred block of broad, right? I think it's just a skill testing question. Can can you can you get a postal code in this this window? Uh, the next one is this question here, which uh, the minute I read it, I was just like completely baffled. Using a scale of one to three, with one being the most appropriate, rank the following temporary uses by how suitable you feel they are for Regina. So this question is about like, if you got a vacant lot, what can we do with the temporary use on it? Uh, I think they're probably in the back of their heads. They're thinking about the rail lands because they've been sitting vacant for, for years. And there's been talk about putting a temporary use on. So uh, the temporary uses that you're supposed to rank here are temporary events on vacant sites, pop-up or interim uses like an artist studio in a vacant building, temporary patio for restaurant licensed establishment or outdoor shopping space for retail. And I'm like, why is this a ranked choice? Why? These all seem good. I, I, I like all of these. Yeah. But like, which, but like, which one, which one is the best? Oh, well, ice sculpting demonstrations. But that's just, that's just an example though. Aiden, that's not mm. like, it's not, it's not only ice sculpting. It's not an example. But, it is the live. <laughs> But once they say, because they've got that there as the example, ice sculpting, ice sculpting demonstration or open air cinema, the minute they put those ideas in my head, that's all I can think about. I know. I'm like, I don't know how um, I feel about ice sculpture. The demonstrations of ice sculpture. Are you against ice sculpture? I just Are don't you against ice sculptures? Uh, not in Paul's backyard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. They take, um, they take up I... space and they don't pay any property tax. <laughs> And they're done by damn hippies I, with chainsaws. There's nothing worse than a hippie than a hippie with a chainsaw. In the Listen, oh. yeah. <laughs> have you have you been to an ice sculpture demonstration before, Paul? Because they're great. So stop. <laughs> so I suck, huh? I support ice sculpting demonstrations, but I just feel like that's not actually what this question's about. <laughs> um. I, I, yeah. that, and I just don't know what the question is about. And that's that, that was kind of my overall experience of this entire. Um, here, here's the next one. Which statement do you most identify with? Ooh. Temporary uses should be regulated through the zoning bylaw. I don't think the city should regulate temporary uh, uses. Temporary <laughs> uses should be regulated outside the zoning bylaw. And I support allowing and uh, regulation of temporary uses, but don't care whether they're regulated under the zoning bylaw. 
Who, okay. who is the survey the, for? The, <laughs> don't know. The people who care about... Oh, this is so fascinating. The people who are going to care if temporary uses be regulated under the zoning bylaw or a different policy. Yep. There's like five of those people. And I know. Four of really them care. wrote this survey. <laughs> <laughs> um, but which would you pick, Paul, if you had to pick one? I said I don't care. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, and incidentally, um, this is another one of those surveys that the city's put up. They're all like this. If you clear your cache, you can answer it as many times as you like. Sweet. Yeah. Um, indicate which of the following conditions you think, because what will happen is I'll fill out a survey and then like a couple of days later, I'll go, damn it, there's something I should have written into the other field. And then I'll come back and do the survey again. Well, I know what the other field should be. What? I sculpting demonstrations. Oh, my gosh. Always. Um, they should be regulated out of existence because they're a scourge. Fortunately, climate change is just going to regulate them out of existence. True. True enough. Now, that'll um, just make way for those topiary nope. jerks. It's coming in. I just really don't feel like the people who wrote this survey are skilled in writing community engagement surveys. No. Because these, these aren't easy. Like, these aren't easy questions to answer. Hold yeah. on. You need I to have an... Like, you need to understand a lot about, like, zoning and, like, all those things that most people don't understand that stuff. I, I think I think right now what I'm looking at, for the benefit of our listeners, the possible best question I have ever seen on any survey ever. What other temporary use would be suitable for Regina? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. What, what are they expecting there is, is what I... <laughs> I, I, put, I put circus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm regretting it because I should, what I should have put was freak show. <laughs> How about a gritty? Yeah, I just, of, uh, sorry. No, I just really feel like they're not actually going to get helpful responses to this no. survey. I don't and that you're right. You're right, Paul. It does feel like a quiz. Yeah. Like you have to do research in order to answer this survey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the next, uh, well, few more questions down. We get to uh, what land uses do you feel are missing from Regina's core areas, uh, e.g. commercial retail, high density residential. And they put the examples in and now the only things I can think about are how much commercial retail do we have and how much high density re- residential. So like, I, so I don't even know what, what to add to this. Like what other things can you put in a city? Yeah, I just... This goes back to like, like, I don't understand what land use means. Like, I'm just like, I don't know, like using land for like parks. Yeah. Or use like, I don't, even when people say like commercial retail, like, I don't know, they're just using, you know, people who like work in urban planning or who like work in, uh, like work in municipal, like they are going to understand that. But most people don't actually understand what that means. You know who else is going to understand every one of these questions? Developers. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think and this is who this is pitched towards. Yeah. So we maybe need to like, I don't know, write like a, like a cheat sheet for how to fill out this quiz. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I think there's a question coming up that I really think gives up the game on this. Uh, let's see if I can find it here. There it is. <clears throat> so uh, we talked uh, last year about the, uh, 
density for market choice of housing motion from councillors Brashani and Hawkins. They want to get rid of the density requirements uh, so that you can build more McMansions on giant lots on the fringe of the city. Uh, so a question near the end of this survey uh, under the section on restrictions and disincentives on where certain housing types can be built is uh, question nine. Should the city of Regina consider limiting high density housing in newer neighborhoods to try and push this development to core areas? So this question is 100% to sort of get numbers that say, yes, we shouldn't have high density housing. So duplexes and row housing right. we in should, new we suburbs. In new, so, so developers can develop. Uh, yep. So, yeah. And they want to force that kind of development into the core. And that's exactly what Hawkins and Bershani were talking about at council. Do, do you remember... Um, uh, that an early episode of The Simpsons when all the children are taking a test, like an aptitude test, and the questions oh. are like, I prefer the smell of flowers, um, forest, or customers. Or my, and my favorite animal is an <laughs> elephant, a shark, a lawyer bird. Uh, <laughs> like, that's what this feels like. A little bit, yes. Yeah. 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 So wow. I... I just, you know, I'm going through this and all of my alarm bells are going off and I'm hoping that people will, uh, regular people, read not developers, will, uh, will go and uh, fill this out. And, uh, and of course, you know that like Dream can afford to have like an intern whose job it is to fill this out, clear their cash, fill it out again, clear their cash. And that's how they're going to get their, their university credit. For their planning degree. Don't give them ideas, Paul. I was, I was just going to say, I hope nobody from Dream <laughs> listens to this episode. Well, I was going to suggest that we need an intern. Right, right. Yeah. Did yeah. we have one? We had an intern. Yeah, Sherrod. Sure. Yeah, Sherrod. Sure, Sherrod sure Clark. A great intern. He can't be doing much right now. Yeah, I mean, what? He's, he's probably still interning somewhere. Yeah getting people coffee he could be filling out surveys for us probably um oh yeah here's another one that again i just don't i don't get what is your level agreement with the following statement the ocp set an appropriate uh, density target for new neighborhoods 50 people per hectare and then is it, so you're supposed to be agree neutral disagree unsure i think anybody who doesn't have a planning degree is going to have to say unsure to this one mm. but then the follow-up question is tell us more the- yeah. Hmm. More hot dog restaurants. Yeah. That's, and they'll be like, oh, Jack. Oh, we lost Jack. Damn oh. It. oh, I hope they log back in. Well, anyways, that's the end of that survey. Uh, you can find it at beherd.regina.ca. Okay, all you developers, get get cracking. And I'm disappointed that Jack isn't here because uh, we are out of time. Well, uh, we probably are going to need like an adjournment motion, even though we no longer have quorum to do that. Well, let's let's fake it till we make it. Uh, move to adjourn. Yeah. I'll second that motion. Oh, motion is passed. Meeting adjourned. You've been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CGTR. Join community radio. Tune into the community. Uh, your hosts are Paul Deshan and Aiden Morgan. Guest host tonight uh, is was Jacques Brasseur. Um, from all the way from the Yellow Knife. Um, we are broadcast, I believe, 7 to 8 on Thursday evenings, and uh, we broadcast Monday afternoons, 3 to 4 p.m. Uh, find us on all over the place, also on Twitter, Queen City IAB, CJTR.com. 
thecjtr.ca slash podcasts and elsewhere everywhere but not facebook coming up next i believe we have the nerdcore cabaret then other stuff then music it never ends around here that's all keep it classy regina 